This is an Area Code podcast. I'm Ashley Whitehurst, and I've been performing and directing and teaching and producing improv and sketch comedy for almost 15 years. I think poop jokes are funny. I'm Felicia McLeod, an improviser, writer, voiceover actress, and just started reading tarot cards. Hit your girl up. Hi, my name is Steve Han. I'm an improviser, on-camera actor, and director, and my estranged father has tried to connect with me on LinkedIn before. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back to Comedy Has an Ouchie. I'm Ashley. I'm Felicia. I'm Steve. Yes, we crushed it. All right, so we are not doing a typical Comedy Has an Ouchie recording today. We're not going to be following the typical framework that we usually follow. We're going to be talking about the Atlanta shooting, so... This is just a general uh, warning. If if this feels t- like too much to listen to, please turn it off. Yeah, Atlanta shooting, folks. Um, let's talk about it. How are we, how are we doing? How are we feeling? I'm feeling. I mean, I'm feeling. If you are listening to this and you don't know what I I look like, I think I've probably I said this so many times. <laughs> but I am I am Asian American, so this has been a pretty strenuous and challenging week. We're gonna start off by saying the victims' names. So again, if this is challenging to hear, I understand it's been really challenging to look at their names, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, here are the victims' names. So we have Sun Chung Park, Hyun Jung Grant, Sun Cha Kim, Yong Yue, Delena Ashley Yan. Paul Andre Michaels, Xiao Jie Tan, and Dao Yo Feng. So those are the eight victims who lost their lives. Thank you for reading those. Yes, and uh, a, a, a quick note to anyone: if anyone knows people in like the news, tell these people to learn how to say their names. Like it's not like it's it's. I mean, we don't have to spend too long talking about the the romanization of Asian names is not that hard and you know and it's just insane i mean and it's it's a post i saw last night that i've thought about so much i thought about this so 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 much because my legal name is is steve and my middle name is my korean name which is sunghun and a lot of people growing up used to assume it would be interesting because people would assume growing up that my name wasn't Steve. They'd be like what's your real name and i'm like my legal name is steve which we did like my mom did that so that i would like fit in easier like she didn't want there to be because my mom's name is is unju and so my mom's name is a, a korean name that's like harder to pronounce if you looked at it on paper right and so my mom like named me that and it's crazy that people would ask me like what's your real name but then if i had the name sunghun they'd be like can i call you something else because i can't say that because i've seen them do that to my classmates and it's just like <laughs> so wild that like Either way, I'm I'm seen as other, you know? It's the pure laziness and, like, ignorance that really just, like, floors me every day where it's, like, if you know how to pronounce all of these other things, I'm trying to think of a word right now. And I Timothy can't Chalamet. If you can look at Timothy Chalamet's name. Yeah, names. and pronounce that. Yeah. You yeah. have all these frapp- frappuccino. You have, like, yes. coffee. Like, you can, you can go to Starbucks. Like, just as well as you know how to say Starbucks, you should know how to say everything else. Take a period. Yeah. yeah. Something I Something I learned was that what was happening is the press was putting um, the quote-unquote middle name as the initial, and then a lot of Asian uh, American journalists were were saying, no, Korean names are, even though they're split 
by like what we would say, it looks like first middle name to Americanize. That is actually their full name. And you cannot just punctuate that. That's not how that works. It's not a middle name. And so it's just like, even taking a beat to learn that feels like something that a lot of these journalists should have done because it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. And it's it's just like a culture shift. And it's what we'll spend most of today, I guess, talking about. But it's like, it'd be like naming like, I like Ashley be like, if your name was like Ash l dot yes, yes. whitehurst right exactly. it's like what the it's like the second syllable because in korean everything is split up into syllables every like character is one syllable and mm-hmm. so names are three syllables so like my full korean or they can be two syllables too it's a little bit like not as common but it's usually three syllables it's your last name and then the two syllables that make up your first name so my full name is han sung hun so my sung hun is my name han is my family name so han or han like like Han is how you pronounce it in Korean. So like my full name is Han Sung Hun. But if I were not to have Steve as a name, my name would be Sung, and then my middle name would be Hun, and then my last name would be Han. But then like if an American person saw that on like a document, they might want to say that as Sung H yeah. Han. Wow. Which is not my name. Yeah. That took what maybe a minute to explain and understand. So yeah. <laughs> if, if like it's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> And we need to normalize uh, getting new information yes. and moving forward with that new information and being a better person. Instead, yeah. people don't want to do the work to do that. Yeah. And I and we don't I, I don't want to spend like a, a really any time talking about that police officer who said that it was a bad like I had a bad day because it's it's just insane. That, like a cop who also had a history of racism against Asian people on his Facebook profile, like would be the spokesperson for this. But you know, it is, it's the, it's, it's just like the bare, what we living in our, like our left radicalized leftist bubble think of as the bare minimum, but it's so rampant. Right. And that's why I think like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, you know, to move away from that, I was talking to a lot of my, a lot of my Asian American friends and I had had conversations this week. We like had people reached out, people, we're talking a lot of people like message me who I had not talked to in a really long time. Um, and we were talking cause like partially one was like, it's been really hard for me personally to look at the victims names because I look at them and I see, I see like people I went to Korean church with. I see like the parents of my math team, like math teammates. Right. And it's really hard to look at that list. And it's really hard to like, feel like, especially right now it's like, it, it feels, I don't know what it felt like personally, obviously because I'm not black, but it feels almost it feels like the same type of cruelty that like the Black Lives Matter time, like especially this past June felt like because we're in quarantine. And as people of color, we like find solace in communities and together and we're like forced to be apart, you know, and it feels like extra cruel that we can't be together in these times of grieving. And especially for like in Korean and in sorry, in Asian cultures, especially in Eastern, right? And and a large part of what I hope we can discuss today is like why Western, why Western culture is has provided a lot of great things for this world, but has also provided a lot of insidious and bad things as well, right? And the same goes for Eastern culture as well, right? There's a lot of good and bad, but a big thing that's that I love about being Asian and I love about like coming from an Eastern cu- country is this. Um, group mindset that we have it's like everything is like about collectivism it's really and that can be really harmful in some ways right because it puts a lot of like pressure on an individual and i think westernization does allow for like more individuality and stuff like that but there is a level of i don't know moving too far in one direction in either way that feels bad and like in korean for example we don't 
I, I would never say like my mom, my grandma, my grandpa. I would never say that. I would say like the word directly translates to our mom. So if I were to talk to you about my mom, I would say like, Udi Oma instead of Neoma. So Ne means mine, but Udi means our. So I would say like Udi if I were talking to you about her just even now, I would just say like Udi Omaga Tigum Ne Kangajidankatinagasa, which means like she's like out walking with my dog right now, right? Which means but it translates to our mom truck like right. So the, the word our is just like in the language. It's not we don't say my, we don't say I don't say I that much. I don't say me. It's like always our, us, like you know, we. So um I think there's like a like a level of tragic poet poeticism right now where in a, a a group of people who so heavily rely on community are not able to be together to collectively mourn. Yeah, and it feels like as like a a, a byproduct of that you're stuck at home watching and consuming real trashy takes and real bad bad things that are being said about this and the defenses and that's so you're isolated and then you're isolated and just like consuming like justification for this thing and there's none and I'm I'm trying to remain very calm because I will like lose my shit just thinking about that fucking press conference so yeah it's awful and I say this like I feel I, I feel calmer and centered. One, I the two, the two people who are the other hosts of this podcast right now are phenomenal people who <laughs> sent me flowers that day. And it's just like, oh my, like such big hearts. And I, I love the both of you so much. It's Aww. insane. But I, I, I feel really lucky that my mom also happens to be here this week. And mm-hmm. I, I feel very lucky that I've been with my mom Cause she and this was again like a pre-planned trip because my mom is you know fully vaccinated and has been staying here for a a, a bit so mm-hmm. you know it feels um if it, it was a pre-planned trip but I feel really lucky that I w- she's here right now and it also feel I also feel lucky that I was with her in Florida during the insurrection <laughs> when it felt especially jarring so it's nice to be with family you know and not just my dog who doesn't really understand anything <laughs> that's going doesn't understand anything that's going on yeah. but yeah it is like this it is this um it's a very jarring time and experience and I think like today we'll we'll talk about how I guess it relates to comedy too but I think at least first we can talk about like how like how i mean i, I saw this segment on on amber ruffin's show which was phenomenally done and we just got renewed it just got renewed and we love friends writing for them yeah and I, she's so charismatic i think i've said that before on this podcast but she's so charismatic so so proud <laughs> charisma oozes from her every, every strand pore. of her hair yeah exactly and i think we've talked She's about this charismatic. here but like i am so jealous of the way she dresses like i wish i could dress like that on a daily basis like it's i guess i could yeah What's i don't know if she me? styles herself or she has a stylist but whoever it is needs a raise because and if it's her she deserves a raise because <laughs> she styles herself but yeah i remember reference it too but it's you know i think we should i think we should have a candid conversation about how we got here mm-hmm. like how did we get to this point right and it's yeah. like a similar conversation i think that people had that people were a little bit more aware to when Black Lives Matter happened is like, how did we get here, right? And I think the, I think it's a different story, but one that has a lot of similarities to the the Black experience. The main difference being, I think like the main difference being the intention for why a group of people come came over here is different, but the treatment, and the treatment obviously is very, very different too, and systemically is very, very different, but on the whole, 
both come from both of the suffering from these communities come from whiteness and westernization mm-hmm. right that's like ultimately what it is so i think we should have like a candid conversation about that yeah uh 1000% i will say for me when this happened i was obviously thinking about you steve and i was just immediately like we had this amazing conversation last week about how hopeful we felt about things and then this happened and it's like this is how white supremacy works. It doesn't always have to be the most drastic thing. And in this case it was, but it's the little things along the way where it gets to change the conversation. It gets to totally fucking ruin people's weeks. It gets to dictate what we get to talk about today. We, we had other things planned to talk about, but now it's, now it's on the table. And this is the insidious ways and breadcrumbs along the way that just add up. And then obviously when something horrific happens like that. So how did we get here? It's little itty bitty things like that that then build up to something this insane. Mm-hmm. I also I feel like if you oh go ahead oh go ahead no Felicia go for it. Well, I just feel like if you like if we boil it down, it's like a conversation that we've had a few ago talking about white supremacy yeah. because of justifying behavior of a white male being like he was having a bad day or he felt like he couldn't suppress his own sexual feelings and thoughts. So he had to do this to be able to like uh, justify why he, why he did it. He had to do this so he would feel like less tempted and and dehumanizing people to be like, white man's feelings are what's important and they need to be backed up no matter what. And then any other race is not human. So it really doesn't matter. And they shouldn't have been sexual temptations. And it just blows my mind that instead of like zero in on like this behavior isn't okay. We should not be justifying this behavior from the beginning. He's just seen as a young boy. There's black boys in jail who are like 12 13 in prison and they they're calling them adults and you're like how do you not see i just don't understand how people don't see like where the fuck am i and where is everybody else that no one else sees this shit and it's this thing where like he was it's just crazy because the way that everything was worded he would rather have been portrayed as a murderer than as a racist and it's and it's like this i don't know i have a lot of like Obviously, there's a lot of, like, sorrow to come from it. I, But I I think, like, I mean, you know, what you said, Ashley, is right. It's, 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 a, it's a bunch of little things, right? It's And I, I wrote this post on Facebook, uh, on Instagram that, like, kind of listed, like, my opinions on what some of the most, like, commonly found ones were. Do you want to read were, it? Would it help to read it? No, it's okay I, if you I don't. don't okay. Whole, I, don't have to read, I don't have to read the whole. I mean, you can, you can look it up if you want to um, <laughs> if you're listening to this. Um, Smash that like button. But there's, but there's... <laughs> You know, it's it's it starts from a young age, and for me, I've internalized so much of it, and I'm trying to unlearn a, a lot of it. But it's, you know, it's it's kids making fun of like Asian genitalia, right? It's I mean, Amy Schumer made fun of Asian women's you know genitalia. It's even a few years ago, right? It's it's kids making fun of that. It's it's these white people who only date Asian women or gay white men who only date Asian men who refuse to talk to their families about the racist, the little microaggressions that they're saying, right. It's refusal, the refusal to stand up for them. Right. It's, um, it's, uh, it's affirmative. It's the U S government using Asians as a tool to suppress black people in the sixties. Right. It's, it's, um, it's colleges, um, 
or sorry, it's white, sorry, it's white groups using Asians as a tool to try to dismantle affirmative action, right? When it's a much needed thing. It's, there's so much, there's, there's a constant endless list of it. It's the phrase that people have told me a lot, which is you are blank and blank foreign Asian, right? You're loud foreign Asian, you're funny foreign Asian, you're blank foreign Asian. And these are all things where I'm like, why can't, why are these things antithetical to my Asianness. These are these things are what I am. Yeah. These are these things are who I am because I'm Asian, right? I'm I'm loud and I mean, I will admit like I'm probably one of the louder Asian people I know, but I'm loud because I'm Asian. I'm funny because of my Asian experience. If you ever listened or watched any of my comedy or any of my music videos or any of my stand up, it's all about being Asian. <laughs> like that's all it is. So why would you say that I'm something for an Asian, right? And it's this um this mentality that whiteness and westernness has over Asians, Asians are like this invisible minority. That's what it is, right? Mm. We're like this invisible, this invisible thing where like, you know, like people think, oh, well, if I'm not anti-black or if I'm not anti-indigenous or if I'm not anti-Latinx, I, I'm not racist. And it's like, well, no, because there's a lot of other things. But also like, you know, it's a, it's a lot of this like, this silent oppression and part of it feels especially insidious now because a lot of the people being attacked are elder people and there's like a real a tragedy to it to me because whenever i think of the elder asian people in my life and uh, just people exist they try to make themselves as small as possible like they Mm. you know and it feels um it just feels evil to an extent that I cannot put words to because these are it's just crazy because I almost my entire life before I became like a before I started to pursue comedy before I started to pursue XYZ before I started to be have, have more confidence to be loud I was really quiet like I, I know that's hard to believe but I was really I've always been really quiet I've tried to make myself as small as possible my mom hates it whenever i like talk back to someone or i have a sharp tongue she hates that i do that because my entire life our entire lives we've been told make yourself as small as possible you should be grateful for being here make yourself as small as possible don't draw attention to you and it feels so sad that despite this being taught to every single asian american family to be as small as possible we're still getting harassed like this do you know what i mean and it's it's even and it's even been sadder because about a year ago was when this woman, this white woman, tried to kick Totoro mm. um, because he said hi. And if you've seen Totoro, he like he doesn't <laughs> jump. He, he's such a good boy. He doesn't jump on people, but he just jump up. Like he jumps, like he jumps up and like tries to say hi. Mm. Um, he will try to jump on you if like you know you allow him to. But he just tries kisses. to say I hi. Get it. <laughs> and he was, I think three months at the time so tiny and this woman tried to kick him because he and she called him a chinese mutt and because he was in proximity to asianness right he's not Mm -hmm. an asian dog there's no such thing as an asian dog or a white dog or (laughs) i mean there are white dogs and we know what dog you're thinking i mean it's that white dog with the 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 eyes you know (laughs) with the dirty eyes but even that dog's not white but there's no dog that are a certain race right and it's just crazy that this woman was trying to kick a puppy that was i mean she didn't know that he was a puppy whatever maybe he was whatever but a kick a dog that was just in proximity to asianness right i've had people on lakeview 
I pay people. It's just and it's just again. It feels extra insidious. And I, sorry, I'm going on such a monologue. But no, I love it. There's like even in Lakeview. I remember one time I was leaving. What's the name of that that karaoke place that we used to always go to? Shakers. I was leaving Shakers, and. I was just like by myself and I was just like walking home because I used to live nearby and I was just like walking by myself and then this car of like four white dudes pulls up and then they say they were like fuck you Jackie Chan and then they like <laughs> were laughing and honking at me and then drove off and I was like it's not even a smart it's funny not even what? come like, on and I was legitimately at the time scared because I'm like oh my god what if they try to mm-hmm. abduct me what if they try to physically they could do hurt anything. me they could do anything it's four burly white dudes who have the upper hand at that moment right so anyway that was all to say i feel um i feel really scared right now mm. i feel even right now like my mom is out walking with totoro and i feel scared and worried right now even you know in the back of my mind i feel scared and worried of my mom when she goes back to florida or for my mom rather and yeah there's a lot there's a, a lot it's really sad right now and i apologize for talking for so long but don't it's, you please, know don't. it's it's yeah there's a lot to unlearn and work through but it does feel especially insidious right now like i don't know not that any kind of hate crime is ever deserved but it feels like from from our perspective just you know i've tried to make myself as small as possible my entire life and mm. or not my entire life you know but for a lot of my life i've lived really apologetically and really tiny and finally you know i had confidence to talk and then not that this yeah. happened to me specifically but you know to a lot of asian people know what I'm looking for when I say this but it's it's even worse because so much of of American culture and and white people culture is we taking from other people's cultures and enjoying other people's cultures and specifically when we're thinking about you know the attack on on these these Asian Americans is we white people love doing this thing where we love to eat the food of these cultures we love to partake in some of these movies and and art and stuff like that but for some reason that's where it stops and i don't know if it's just i I don't know the phrase for this other than hypocritical or um just short-sighted but it it is so frustrating that we we can go to a, you know, a a Chinese restaurant or Asian restaurant or Korean restaurant or, you know, Chinatown and, but then not appreciate the entire part of the culture or the entire, um, you know, you know, I don't know what, what this falls under and it, it, it's something that's been on my brain since all this happened is just, this is so even more frustrating. And the same goes for when Black Lives Matter, you know, with George Floyd over the summer, and just like we, white people love blasting rap music and and trying to align themselves with you know, black culture. And then when when it comes time to actually be on the right side of things, it, they they just can't. And it's so infuriating. I don't know what the phrase. Is. There's got to be some like eloquent academic phrase for what this is or. 
um i mean it's i mean i don't know if this is the right term but i mean at its core it's it's cultural colonialization right it's yep. the colonial like the colonializa- yep. colonialization is the idea of like you take something and because you overpowered them it's yours it's the mm. idea that like it's because you were able to conquer you now have right over it right it's it's i mean i saw this meme that was really accurate that a few weeks ago it, has, it doesn't have to do with what's going on right now but there's this meme that was like someone tweeted like what what is british but feels like it shouldn't be and people were saying like like people were like making jokes about like things that are actually british and then someone like tweeted everything inside the british museum <laughs> and <laughs> i was like that's true and that's about colonialism right it's this idea that that like because the Brits took over or whatever, right? They they have ownership over. Yeah. And the same thing goes with like white cultural colonialism where I, I remember when I was a high schooler, we went, my friends, I mean, they're not really my friends, but people I associated with and hung out with who were all white in my early part of high school, we like went to a Chinese restaurant and the woman like needed us, like needed one person to like, say their order again because she like couldn't understand it the first time and then after the person ordered they turned around and they were like why don't they learn english here like you're in america and it's just like all she did was ask you to say it again like it's not like she knows english but also like even if she didn't like and i remember i didn't say anything because i was afraid like i was in an all-white group and i didn't say anything Mm -mm. it's hard to in that moment when you're young when you're young and even now you know there's adults that i mean a lot of my friends of color have a really hard time speaking out i have a lot of friends of color who i'm pretty vocal and outspoken and you know like i let it be known my thoughts and my opinions and where i'm hurting and when i'm grieving um because and i think a lot of people find not a lot but or maybe a lot i don't know but i know people who find it annoying that i do that that i'm really open but um I do it because I, when I was going through these things, I didn't have anyone that I could look up to in that kind of way, not to look up to maybe, but like, you know, misery loves company and knowing that someone's going through what you're going through does make you feel better. Sometimes it feels you less alone. And even during this time where every time I open up about my really severe OCD, all these things, I always have people reach out to me who I haven't talked to in a long time or have never talked to and say like, Hey, I really appreciate what you said i appreciated what you did i appreciated xyz and it's like i mean i don't do it for that but i do it because it also creating art makes me feel better but it does feel nice that like someone has it at least a little easier maybe than i did going growing up you know and and yeah and i I also want to say all this too where you know, as we talk about this too, there also needs to be a point made about, and I say this with the privilege of a cis male, but you know, all these were Asian, all the Asian American people who are targeted were women, right? They're all women. And there needs to be a conversation about how America has made a system Mm -hmm. in place where women of color have to do these like low paying jobs and very legitimate sex work and X, Y, Z and are penalized for at every turn no matter what happens for them they have to they're penalized right and i think that's it's it's this crazy thing where people are like on twitter people were like is it racism i don't know i think it's actually misogyny and it's like oh my god what if it's both yeah (laughs) genuinely like why are those things why are you treating a hate crime like it can't encompass a ton of things like like in 2001 when people were calling anyone that had like uh, a hijab 
on a terrorist, it's like, yeah, okay, that's xenophobia, racism, and misogyny. Like they can be a bunch of things. Yeah, <laughs> someone had this amazing tweet, and it was. I'm going to bastardize it. Hopefully someone's read it or has seen it. And it was just like, how, how could, how could this, how could the system defend this guy, you know, that press conference and stuff and, and say he had a, a bad day or whatever. And someone was like, Oh, I don't know. How about the years of colonialism? What happened with the internment camps? What happened with any, it just like rattled off a bunch of things. It's just like, it's so mind boggling to think how a system could support this and reinforce this type of behavior over and over and over. And I was also thinking about it. This kid, we, we need to talk about the fact that this, this Grown man. This grown man. Thank you. Thank you. Grown He's man. Four years younger kid. than me. Yes. Grown man. <laughs> yeah. Um, was radicalized by the political environment and by religion, and that is an issue. And I'm not going to say every religion is bad, and that every religion has a is you know. I'll extreme. say it. <laughs> <laughs> But right, like it, it. Part of what fed into this, and I, uh, I'm. Maybe it's not responsible for me, but I do not buy the the excuse of sex addiction. I think this is a, it, even if it is, that's a problem in itself that we should all be talking about. Like, it's okay to masturbate. It's okay to be attracted to other people. It's okay to have sex. Um, and if that's how he was radicalized to believe and what made him do this, we really need to talk about that. I don't believe that. I think it's a combination of things, but it happened in the church. And this is part of that white supremacist foundation Um when, we're, when we talk about this and unwind this, that this is part of where these things start, you know? I remember in church, like being told I couldn't wear a skirt yeah. that was higher, like above my knees in school. I couldn't wear spaghetti straps because you didn't want to tempt, make someone feel like, yeah, oh, that's sexy. When it's like, why are we punishing women for these things instead of teaching men how to control themselves? I mean, yeah. this happened like right after that woman like was murdered by a police officer in the UK, yep. right? Oh my God. Like followed and it's just, there's so much happening right now and it feels, again, it feels extra insidious that we can't grieve together. Like it feels, yeah. in, it feels hateful that we're doing this from our homes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like this, it's such a misogyny that, Again, it just it breaks my heart because these are, I don't know. I, I, I just from my perspective, just from my Asian American lived perspective, it's like these are people that I like know growing up, yeah. you know, and it just yeah. is really hard. It feels I don't know, and and it also felt jarring that it was happening around St. Patrick's Day, and I would see like white comedians, honestly, like posting their bits about. St. Patrick's Day while like toggling back and forth between that and like talking about their like talking about this and I was like or they would not talk about this at all and only post about St. Patrick's Day and I was like this feels so jarring this feels so jarring to me to like that I'm screaming and I'm I'm crying and I'm sobbing on the inside like that day I was crying so hard at my dining table out of fear, out of fear. And I get jumpy anytime like a white person comes too close to me or whatever, like out of fear. And people were posting about St. Patrick's Day. And I was like, what a strange juxtaposition of, you know? And it so goes back to this this idea that, you know, whiteness doesn't 
view us as human. They view us as subhuman. They view any person of color as subhuman, right? And I wrote this out, but um, here, I'll, I'll actually read this part out because I think this part, I don't think I can write, write it better than when I actually sat down and wrote it, but right, it's, it's, I wrote this thing, but it's, you know, it's, um, I think it describes how I'm feeling right now, but it's, you know, to be Asian is, as Sandra Oh so eloquently put it, an honor. To be Asian is beautiful, and to be Asian American is a wonderful and tragically poetic experience that is so uniquely ours, but has for so long been forced to exist in juxtaposition to white oppression. Our stories are oftentimes expected to be that of overcoming, of surviving despite, of thriving against all odds, etc. And to put this pressure on us to be undeniable and yet not see us as human, that's the Asian American experience from a white lens. And that's what we have to dismantle to be equitable. Mm. Right? So it's this idea that like we we Yeah, it's just this it's just this crazy idea that like we can't that we're just not human, you know? just it kills me that people just don't know empathy when it's like it feels like a very like close thing because you're like I see these people in my family this could be my grandmother this could be my grandfather this could be my auntie this would be my mother we shouldn't have to feel like someone shouldn't die because I have a sister right. someone shouldn't die because they are a human being right and it just doesn't I just can't understand how people don't understand that. And you guys are, I really appreciate you both because you both had like a very like wonderful answer for what you think this is. And the whole time I was like, my answer is being a dumb bitch. (laughs) The answer of why they're doing this is because I just feeling like you're being dehumanized and then going online which is the only place that we can kind of like connect with people and then seeing all the ignorance or all the people making jokes out of it and you're like this isn't funny this isn't time for making jokes and then like you said like you see comedians who have asked you to be a part of their shows or like and they're not standing up for anything and it's just like it's hard to stay hopeful that there there's going to be a change with all the ignorance. Yeah. I'm thinking about this too in terms of you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is the problems with comedy. And I was, again, I was thinking about you, Steve, and you, Felicia, because this is obviously just uh, violence against people who aren't white. And it's, it's, I, I can't imagine the fucking like triggers that this must, you know, cause for, for, for you guys. And I was thinking about what if Steve or Felicia had an audition on Friday? and this had happened and they have to walk into this audition with this into a white room you know already carrying 
so much baggage with comedy itself or acting itself. And then to have something like this and walk into a room where there's white people who haven't had to experience this. But I, I was just thinking about this again is this really twisted way that um, the system works against people who aren't white and people of color and Asian Americans is you have to carry all this shit into you when you go go do an audition and then you're confronted with bullshit on stage whether it's some white person acting insane and you may not perform your best that day and it's <laughs> I I'm just I'm just trying to say like I'm I'm like it's infuriating to think that this is another way that the game is rigged against people who aren't white presenting. Um, so that's all. Yeah. It's just, just to, to watch a mass murderer kill people just because of their, their race and then blame it on something else and have the system defend it, then defend you. There's all that. And then to like have to perform, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Um, so yeah i mean it's yeah. i have i haven't had to perform you know since since then but it feels um yeah i don't know i can't i don't know i feel really um at my wit's end kind of because it's like what it just feels also so crazy because it's like the people like i feel like i have this pressure and I, I've been succumbing to it to like constantly educate and talk about and, you know, do X, Y, Z in regards to all this that's happening right now. Right. And it's just like, I'm not the one that needs to be doing this homework. Yeah. And yet I'm doing it for people because they won't do it themselves. And I, the same thing happened when Black Lives Matter happens. And, and it's like just not our job. And yet here we are doing it. And like because of it, we're not able to like explore our own individuality mm. and our own identities right because yes. because of all this because they're reaching out to you and being like how can i help and it's like you need to figure out how you can educate yourself and the people around you the people in your family you don't need to be reaching out to me asking for like what books can i read mm. what yeah. where can i donate you need to figure that out because i'm on a journey of myself figuring that out too yeah. I feel really thankful that someone um I feel thankful that someone uh all the or sorry not someone, all the people who've reached out to me during these times have just been like, Hey, uh you don't need to respond, just let me know if you need anything instead of like what should I do? And I was worried that someone's gonna do that because I was like, I just don't have the emotional capacity right now for that. I just don't. I rebuke anybody who texts you or emails you <laughs> and they're 100%. not just like just, lo just hey, sending. Love. I love you, and I'm here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and that <laughs> just like it's like walking in on somebody throwing up and being like, "What can I do to help?" You know, it's just like just hold back someone's hair when they're throwing up. It's the same <laughs> fucking idea. Instead of just you know, when you've got a mouthful of barf, you're not going to turn and be like, "Oh, here's what I need from you." Obviously, I'm not comparing vomiting to the, the all the racial issues we have, but I'm just trying to like level set for people. Like that is the same the same thing is asking someone with a mouthful of vomit how you can help. Or they come in vomiting too. They're like, "Yeah, what should I?" And they're asking you what yeah. you what they should do. Yeah, and you're your like, toilet. "Get out, go yeah. to a different stall. Yeah, go get your own stall. Get 
that's my why, toilet. Why? Yeah, well, there's there's more than one toilet in this establishment. Why are you hogging my toilet? <laughs> Go get another toilet. Read. read How did you get in my my stall was locked? How'd you get in? Fucking colonizer. <laughs> they crawled under. Yeah, they crawled, they crawled under, under. Yeah. You crawl under just to vomit, then you are not in a place to vomit because if you are physically maneuvering. <laughs> an army crawl like that you are the problem girl you got stains on your face now yeah. go to a dry cleaner that's your first step don't ask me which one to go go to do your own homework don't, yeah just go find go find one they're all run by eight like korean they're all nice go, they're all gonna do a good job just go to a korean owned dry cleaner uh, um Oh my god, that's so fucking funny. Uh, uh, I did see this, and I really liked is like the the hashtag Stop Asian Hate, um, which someone at some point said, like, had crossed it out and said, "Stop white supremacy." Like that's that's what we need to be doing. And I was like, yes, because again, what we're doing is putting we're centering the whiteness when we're saying stop Asian hate when really the issue is the white people who are learning these really terrible behaviors. So. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That was that was something. I I was and, go and, ahead, uh, Steve. And, I was gonna say, and also, I mean, and and keep in mind too. I think like I think a lot of people think that like white supremacy means just white people, and no, like anyone can uphold white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Anyone, Asian people, Latinx people, Black people, and this people, you can as these people, you can uphold white supremacy. I mean, look at, I mean, there's so many examples of it. Look at look at Elaine Chow. Look at um, for a mm-hmm. lot of years, Omarosa. <laughs> look at you know, look at Ben Carson. Look at um, <laughs> Felicia Nikki Haley. Just fell off her chair. <laughs> you look, look at look, look at Nikki Haley, who is Indian American. Yeah. If people didn't know, yeah. she changed her name to Nikki Haley because she didn't like her original like birth name, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. I mean, you can you can throw away your birth name. I mean, people you know you know people do that all the time, but it's like she. It changed it. She just widened it. Whatever. Anyway, um, Nikki Haley, you know, you um, there's all these people who are like upholding white supremacy but are not white themselves. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind, right? When, people, when we say whiteness, we're not saying white people. We're saying whiteness, which is a little, it's a diff, it's different, mm-hmm. but it's not the same thing as, it's just not the same thing, you know? Agreed. 1000%. Whiteness is the concept. It's the internalization. It's why a lot of white people internalize whiteness. A lot of white people have unlearned and renounced whiteness, right? But it's still whiteness, right? You have to think about where it's coming from, right? A lot of Asian people, a lot of black people, a lot of indigenous people have also upheld whiteness, right? So just think about like, you know, that's, that's what we're saying. When we're saying whiteness, we're not saying like all white people, blah, 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 blah. Um, but if you also are offended by this, then stop centering yourself. This isn't about you, you know, like, you, if you are if you are confident enough in like how you stand as an ally, you should be comfortable with criticizing, like the problematic parts of your identity, and being okay to admit that uh, you have racist racist tendencies. It's about pushing back on that, and it's that's what boggles my mind the most. It's something you said at the top, Steve, where this this guy is so afraid in this community that he belongs to, is so afraid of being called a racist. It's like you are. We're all we're all racist. I'm racist. It's the next person next to me is racist. It's pushing actively against those things that make you that. That's the work, and that's <laughs> it's it's insane to me. Um, Felicia, I'm sorry. I have to stop because nobody can see you. But for a moment there, you look like you were gonna start like rapping the way you were like bobbing at the the microphone. I was like, you got your headphones up. I was like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna do it. She's gonna she's gonna lay down a few a, few bars. A, a, a it was cracking. A me. hot yeah. burst. Yeah. I was just I was in such agreements. I was like, you how do it. I look at that. get the sway? I love it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, uh. 
I was I was also we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I was thinking about this. Uh, I was kind of envisioning people listening to this our white supremacy episode and 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 thinking like maybe maybe we sound hyperbolic maybe there maybe we're exaggerating but what I want to like say is if the system can get up and defend this guy in Atlanta and the system can defend this that kid in fur who traveled across state lines and murdered people in Wisconsin I'm not going to say his name because he doesn't deserve it if the system can defend that and justify that it is not a far leap to think about what the system inside of our institutions are defending. So the racist teachers and the really toxic behaviors on stage. So just think about that when it sounds like your people in the comedy community, when they speak up about white supremacy are exaggerating things, or if you feel like they're exaggerating things because they're not just think about that because if a system can defend murder, they're going to defend a really toxic guy on a stage a teacher saying something very terrible in class, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's just like for people who are trying to do the work and do better, like have your, your antenna and your spidey senses tuned to that type of thing. Cause that's, that's, and call and be ready to call that stuff out because this, this is where, this is where it matters. Yeah, what people yeah. forget is they're, they're seeing from their own reality and they put their own reality on somebody else. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, this is what I see, so it's the same for someone else when it's like, if a person of color, if a woman, if somebody is telling you something, they're not telling you because they think it's funny. Like, we're telling you because it's real. We're not over-exaggerating. Yeah. The reason why, if you, like, normalize this bad behavior, then we have really bad things that happen. So, like, hold your tongue when you think your joke is going to be funny mm. and it's like, a person of color at the end of that joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's this idea where I think like a lot of comedians, especially like a lot of like really common argument, obviously, is like, well, can I make a joke about anything now? It's like, yeah, bitch, you should be smart enough to make a joke. We about just had a fantastic joke about the dry cleaners. Right. Like it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can make jokes about things like, the, yeah. you know, you can make yokes about whatever. It's just you have to understand like. You have, to, you have to understand that, like, based on who you are and where you're coming from, you, like, might not be, God forbid, not, might, might not be able to make a certain type of joke. And, like, or, like, understand that if you're going to make a joke at my expense, think about the grander scheme of things. Are you making a joke as, as me, as Steve? which is fine. Or are you making a joke about like me as an Asian person? Think about, does it look bad if you, if the scene is between, is a four versus one scene where all four of you are white and I'm not, what does that look like, right? There are certain things that you just have to like care about. And these are things that we have had to care about as people of color, as marginalized folks our entire time in these spaces. You can afford to do that for a minute during a freaking Herald or whatever is going to exist after this, right? You You can afford to do that. So, yeah, I mean, these tendencies exist and occur all throughout. I mean, like, I, mm. I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy, too, where it's like, like, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, there's so much, like, nuance that has to exist within it. But even, like, the lack of a plurality of Asian Americans, like, I, I look at a group like Stir Friday Night, which I've talked about on this podcast before, but I look at a group, like, on Stir Friday Night, and... The last time there was a, there's been a few, but like, I can, I can name all, 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 I think I can name all the people who like, like, if you look at like, um, like, let's say like, let's just pick out a random Chicago, like a white Chicago improviser where they probably are like half Irish, half 
German or whatever, we could probably find like 40, 50 people who identify that exact mm-hmm. same way, right? They're probably like, people are like, oh, I'm from, you know, upstate New York. I'm blah, 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 blah. But for Asian people, if I think about like a Korean male improviser or Korean male comedian, Peter Kim is one of them. And then like Steven Yun, before he became an Oscar nominee, was on Star Friday Night. And it's just like, has there been so few of us that this is like what I'm working with right now? You know, where it's like, I'm in such isolation. I'm used to being in such isolation. I'm used to it. And, um, you know, in Bob Curry, I was the only East Asian person, not even just male, but I was the only East Asian person. And it's just like, you know, for my group rather. And it's just like, I don't know. I, mm. I, I'm so I'm so used to living in isolation, and I've I internalized a lot of tokenization and whatnot. So, I hope that we can, as a whole, you know, dismantle and unlearn all that. I really want to make a joke here, Steve. Uh, make you. I'm going to make it. It's Peter Kim, and I. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce Steve Steve Yun. Yeah, right. Steven Yun. Steven Yun. Steven Yun yeah. Um, those are like I feel like two out of three so far i feel like your odds are pretty good here to like crush it <laughs> <laughs> peter's out out there crushing it he steven's crushing it i mean i feel like maybe Hopefully. steve is right there <laughs> yeah and i have another steve uh, consonant vowel han and and my last name Yun han <laughs> it's happening it's happening it's they're happening. not that simple they're not that next up <laughs> although this is a super good segue uh for us to end it um i, I want to celebrate like like amazing asian uh art and i pulled up minari as one of the things to, to talk about the fact that he has been yeah, um, nominated for an oscars this I was like tears in my eyes. This guy started Second City, which is, a, or yeah, Second City. He has bizcos that are still uh, on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's done bizcos that are on YouTube. Or That's incredible. Called back then. I was so proud when this happened. And, and so go see this movie. Just like rent it. Yeah. Minari, Minari is really, really uh, groundbreaking. I mean, you know, there's so much. It's just also insane because a year ago was when Parasite won Best Picture. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's just mm. like we have movies like Parasite, which I think is the best movie to ever come out in the ever. So it's, the, it's, it's a piece of cinema. 1,000%. Yes. Oh, it's so mouse. good. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's, you know, there's people like that. Raya and the Last Dragon yes. just came yes. out on Disney, which is the first time a Southeast Asian um, princess has ever been featured on or lead uh, has been featured on um disney and i really look forward to seeing all the the stuff that's going to come out with that um uh shang chi and uh is on marvel is going to be the one of the next marvel movies to come out which features an all asian cast simu lu aquafina um yep uh i think Gemma chan um oh my maybe not Gemma hot. chan but at least uh, michelle yo i believe is in it right who's a freaking legend yeah. um yeah michelle yo ever since i mean ever since i saw her as a kid she's just she's been so good she was so good in crazy rich asians so good. um uh crazy rich asians also i mean it it's upheld this idea of, about asian uh, asians being really rich when the reality is far from <laughs> it but whatever it, it was a fun romp um you know, there's a lot of really amazing Asian art. I mean, if you, even if you look at, like, Chicago comedy, some of the, you know, most prolific people to come from Chicago comedy have been Asian. So I think there's a lot of, you know, people, you look at what Asians have been able to do despite everything. And um, 
Yeah, I'm really proud. I'm really proud to be Asian. I'm kind of scared right now, obviously, to live in this country, but I still am really proud and happy to be Korean American. Um, so yeah, I yeah, I think that's such a perfect way to end. Um, and we love you, and we're happy you're making art. We love and you so much, even when it feels hard to do it with your full full self. Um, we yeah we. It's either we Oscar you, for you, you or or writing a show. So you have like two two routes to go at this point. Steve. Or maybe I'll do the third or one. Both. I don't know. Yeah, I'll do the third one. I want to. Steve. I mean, Stephen Young's career is a is a dream. Yeah. So. Maybe you could egot. I don't think he even did anything like. <laughs> oh, I could never egot. I don't have I don't have the chops for. One never of them. say never know. say never. No, you you're don't right. Know. You're right. And I, you know, when I saw that video of Tiffany Haddish finding out live that she got the Grammy. Oh my god, I was crying. bawling. I loved it. Bawling. I love her. She's she's also great with kids. Yes, mm-hmm. that she's was adorable. Great with kids, and it was so adorably framed. Like the can the two two little black girls on the side of her, and like she her finding out. It was just like, oh my god, this is. Oh, oh she she's so wonderful because she does. Um, a lot of stuff with like Laugh Factory with their, um, it's like a summer program for kids because that's something that she had when she was coming up. Oh so she wanted to give back and she, I think she does it every year. The one she here? She has such a glow up where, uh, oh. the one in LA. Oh, okay. I, think. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, she's from LA. She's like from, like from, from LA. Um, but she, I remember seeing her on That's a Raven as like a one-off character <laughs> and like she's just come so far and it's just like, that- <laughs> I'm so, I know, I don't know her obviously, um, but I'm just so proud of her. She's like, especially like after that, I think she had like a bad set one time on New Year's, if you remember that set. And I felt so bad for her, but she's like <laughs> come from that. She's come from like so much and she's just, she's everything. She's she, done, she totally owned she's that really, too. She's like, she's yeah, a lot to be proud of. Yeah, I bobbed. <laughs> it's like, yeah, who among, who among us? She looked so defeated on stage and I was like, and she was, at the, I think when she talked about it later, she was like, yeah, that was a bad set. Well, so what? So it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it happened to be a, yes. yeah, she was like, it happened to be a bad set on a really huge stage, but it was a bad set. It was just a bad, set. she was like, and so what? I still got the stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We, we can't all bomb at playground theater, you know, with two people in the audience. <laughs> and that's people who have bombed at playground theater, you know. It's, it, that's, it helps you grow. It helps you grow. You have to. Absolutely, Bob. Anyway, yeah, that was that was such a delightful moment, and I was so thrilled to see that. Um, all right, so yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, Felicia, what are you going to go do after this in your that ki- in that kitchen <laughs> in this beautiful, in this beautiful house? house. Um, <laughs> I'm going to shoot an unlearning podcast, and then what's the topic today? Make some food. Today it's about status. Oh my <gasps> god, I'm loving mm-hmm. this podcast. Partly because it's your voice in my ears again, which is wonderful, but it is so good. I find myself being like, yes! yes. <laughs> it's so good. It's so freaking good. Um, Steve, what are you going to do after this? What are your mom's um, I, uh I have um, some, a cool thing that I actually have an opportunity to pitch for. That I <gasps> so I'm going to prepare with that, prepare on that with some. Yes! So, that's amazing. That's exciting. That. Break yeah. legs. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm going to try to focus on that, but I'm very distracted right now with all the crap going on. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. I hope you can find some focus uh, and absolutely crush it because you deserve it. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Cool. I'm going to, it's super nice here. I think I'm going to go sit outside in the back and let the sun fry my translucent face. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like 60 here. It's so hot. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I bet, I bet it's like a summer day. Yeah, you know, right you, all the white guys in their cargo shorts are walking around with their flip flops. Uh, <laughs> with their flops. During a pandemic. During a pandemic. If you're offended by that, it's because you are one. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to go let the sun fry me for a little bit. Cool. Yes. All right. Well, that's it. Um, keep being decent human beings and dismantling white supremacy. Yes. Bye. Beep, beep. <laughs> yes. This is an Area Code podcast.